So I really wanted us to just get in there and just allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing. You know, it doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much to start getting in the flow. You just have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and get out of your comfort zone, really. And we did that already. So amen. <clears throat> so we're going to start in John 4, verse 23 through 24. Now, I did write a lot of notes, which is what I did last time. But my goal is to get us out pretty quickly. Lord willing, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we're going to start John 4, 23 through 24. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So here, if you don't know, the context is Jesus actually speaking to the woman of the well. So in this part of scripture, he is by the well, they're conversating, um, they've already kind of started the process of him ministering, and I just think it's so funny because if you've ever gone out and ministered downtown or anything like that, people will often try to deflect by using a lot of legalistic questions. So when you're ministering salvation, they might be like, well, how come God doesn't love gay people? And then you have to be like, that's not, that's not, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Um, and you just got to reel it back in. But it's kind of funny to see it even in the Bible. Jesus did it too. She starts talking about, well, where should we worship? Lady, first things first, you need to get your house right, is basically what he's saying in the gayified version of it. Um, so I just thought it was funny. But we often see that every day. So the main point of this scripture is what does it mean to worship and in spirit and in truth? And we've talked about it a few times here at church. But to understand the concept, you really have to understand that we are spirit beings. We're not just natural bodies. We have a spirit. And God created us to have a spirit. Each one of us has a spirit, a soul, and a body. So we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. If you are looking it up, just let me know and I'll go slower. But I printed them all out so I can just read them out. So whatever works. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God created us in his image. Naturally, our spirit is attuned to the things of the natural and spiritual realm. Unfortunately, without creating an atmosphere surrounded by God's spirit, many people fall into different traps and tricks of the enemy. We see it a lot with witchcraft, which is very much a hot topic right now, um, different spiritual ideologies. It's all because they have part of the truth, but not the whole truth. They understand the spirit part, but they don't understand the power part. Um, luckily for us, we have a place and pastors that teach us the power part and how to protect ourselves because it can be very dangerous just allowing any old spirit in your house. So we always want to stay guarded and aware of our surroundings and our atmosphere. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So the devil's always going to try to trick us up. There's always going to be people that come into your life or situations that seem like they would be okay, but they're really not. 
there's always going to be people even as so far as praying over you. But what they're praying is not technically what the word of God is saying. So you just have to be aware of these things and really make sure that whatever is going on, you have control over. Sickness can come because of many different things. It can be attacks to our bodies, stress, attacks to our mind, attacks of fear, or through attacks on our spirit. So there's a lot of different ways sickness can come around in your life. And what we want to do is make sure each and every part of our life is protected and we're understanding these different ways that people or things can come about us so we can make sure our families are healthy and well and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So it's so important to make sure that we're connected to the Holy Spirit and to be aware of these things. Ask God to reveal anything that hinders you from being immersed in his presence, anything that stops you from receiving your healing, any mindset that stops you from walking in the truth of the word, even any mindsets that stop you from being joyful and displaying the gifts of the spirit. These are all things we can go directly to God and ask him for clarity for. That's the great thing about being a New Testament church. We don't have to wonder. Next page. So because we have a free will, though, and a mind that needs consistent renewing, which you can find in Romans 12, 2, sometimes we can get distracted if we are not careful. It takes work to maintain the spirit. We talked about a few years back keeping the dove, and for those who weren't there, um, let me think. I know Ayla's brought it up before. I know Pastor's talked about it. I can't remember who initially brought it up. I think it was Pastor. But imagining the Holy Spirit as a dove on your shoulder. And whatever you do, you're going to have to be conscious of your actions, how you talk, the, the um, loudness that you have in order not to disturb the dove. And as long as you're keeping that dove in your mindset, you're going to be able to keep that dove on your shoulder. So it's a great representation of it is work to stay in the spirit. It's something that you have to constantly keep in the forefront of your mind. And you know, as we work, as we interact with people, it's very easy to slip out of that mindset. It can happen in an instant. And then of course you wanna beat yourself up over it, but it's normal, it happens to everybody. Heck, we might leave here tonight and somebody might be driving crazy over on the street and it might take the Holy Spirit just to calm us down over that. So literally, it doesn't even have to be an attack from the enemy or a sickness. It could be something super easy. Now, <laughs> getting back to this one. Now, when we worship, something shifts. And you'll see it every single Sunday, which is so wonderful as Winner's Church that we really put an emphasis on worshiping and giving that back to God. Worship distracts our minds from ourselves Worship encourages us to speak out the word of God. Worship fully engages us in God's presence. And worship humbles us and reminds us of our identity. Yes, Nikia. Yes. Worship distracts our minds from ourself. Worship encourages you to speak out the word of God. 
worship fully engages you in God's presence, and worship humbles you and reminds you of your identity. Now, we know that worship is not really just for us, but to give back to God is sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15, verse 17 says, By him, therefore, let us offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But in our action to worship, we have a few benefits that we can receive as well. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So that's our first point. In our action of worship, our faith starts rising. We are intentionally hearing and solidifying the word of God in our hearts and speaking that back out in our worship time. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to, him, to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. There's an alignment with God's spirit as we worship. Our minds start to settle, and we're reminded of our purpose as servants to God. So now that we're in our rightful place, we start seeing the manifestation of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, abundance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So just a reminder, if you're thinking about past Sunday, where you were in that mode of worship, when you're really engaged in the presence of God, think for a second all the emotions that you're starting to feel, the relief, the peace, the understanding of God is powerful, God is the authority, and because God is the authority, we fall under that line because we are children of God. It lifts you up, it encourages you. On the other side, it will also bring things that need correction in your life when you're in that state of worship. So he may be ministering to you just as you're ministering back to him. So just think about all the times where you're really engaging in worship. That's that very open, honest, humbled communication time that you have with the Lord. And it's different than praying regular prayers because we know there's different types of prayers. There's prayers that you speak out. There's prayers, we actually studied a whole book about it, actually. There's prayers that you pray over other people. But there's also those times where you're praying in the spirit and you're having that individual relationship, that flow that goes. It's a different feeling. And after you leave that feeling, you're not put into that mindset of the natural. You maintain the spirit. That's what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. You're maintaining the truth that was solidified as you're worshiping to God. So these are the things that are aligning themselves as we come into the place of worship. Galatians 5:22 verse through 25 is going over the fruits of the spirit. So remember the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us step up with the Spirit. So again, we're going back to a sacrifice of praise. 
We are literally crucifying our flesh when we come up, when we leave our seats, when we raise our hand. So it's only natural that that's a place where we can go to to start experiencing those fruits of the Spirit. Now when we get into praise, that's a little different as well. First Chronicles 16, 23 through 25 says, Sing to the Lord all of the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord, the most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Deuteronomy 10, verse 21. He is thy praise, and he is thy God. That hath done these great, thi- great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Jeremiah 20, verse 13. Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Psalm 75, verse 1. We praise you, God, we praise you, for your name is near. People tell you of your wonderful deeds. Exodus 20, verse 2 through 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out to Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. And you can go on and go on. You can read psalms after psalm. Praising is acknowledging all of the benefits, all of the things of who God is. So worship, we're sacrificing ourselves. We're lamentating upon the goodness of God. Praise, we're physically, mentally in that mode of praising God for who he is. Not just what he's done, but the greatness of who God our Father is. Last one, Romans 12, verse 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we worship, it's the sacrifice of what makes us comfortable. It's a sacrifice to our selfish nature, which Nikia kind of pointed out earlier, which that's why I was excited, because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's saying my message. (laughs) It's a sacrifice of our will, of our emotions, and of our bodies, which brings us to the healing portion of what we're talking about. To look towards God and to place all our attention on the one who saved our soul. When we're praising and worshiping, we're looking to the one who takes away our tears, to the one who, whose love is so immeasurable. It requires several meanings of the word, and it still doesn't quite describe how much love God has for us. I've always thought that was insane. Think about all the ways that people say love in the Bible, God's love specifically. I don't know how many there are, but I know there's more than three. And that's a lot to me. This is your God. This is your Father. Luke 19, 37 through 42. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. 
peace in heaven and glory to the highest. Now this is when the disciples and Jesus are walking into the city. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. That's another example of worshiping in spirit and truth. The disciples couldn't even contain their excitement over coming to the city. And Jesus broke down in tears over just the thought of this city missing out of the goodness of God. That is what it means to be a worshiper in spirit and in truth. Your very being is affected by the spirit. Your thoughts, your emotion, your free will, your body, it has to line up because that's what we were created to do. It just doesn't make sense for us to dwell in sickness when we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. It doesn't follow what the word of God says. When you can't contain your praise, when you weep at these thoughts, when your very nature is so humbled before the throne of God, that's where we want to stay in. Don't let people or circumstances or attacks on your body, attacks on your job, attacks on your emotion, keep you from the glory of God. My favorite part of that scripture is if, the, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I thought it was always the most amazing imagery to see that even the earth will cry out if God's people don't step up to the plate. It's an insane thought process because it also reminds you that there's spirit in the very earth. God's spirit has touched this very earth and responds to God just as much. It's a very humbling experience. There's the song, and Nakia and I have talked about it before. Um, I can't remember what it is. 100,000? 10,000? Ten, 10, no. 100 billion. So will I. If you ever have a chance, listen to that song because I will tell you, like, the, it's one of those songs that I could play on repeat all the time. Like, when I first heard it, I broke down and cried. I'm just like, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not as good as the rocks are. But it's just crazy because when you really sit there and just think about God and his presence, like, it's, it's like, what am I doing? Why am I sad? Why am I battling through things? That's not my position. In Romans 8, verse 19, it says, For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. If, nature, if the natural world knows how important it is for us to walk in the spirit and truth, then what are we waiting for? What is holding us back from walking in the spirit and walking in truth? How is our first response to sickness not to praise and worship the one who already took the pains. We've already won it all because he won it all. When your spirit is so locked on to the goodness of God that it becomes your reality, that is a revelation of worshiping in spirit and in truth. There are so many mentions in the Bible of worshipers being in the first line of the battle. I think we've all seen that, and it's always another fascinating thing to me but I'm gonna bring up a few examples here. In Joshua 6, the Battle of Jericho, 
Of course, God uses the sound of trumpets and shouting of his people to physically tear down the walls of his enemy. Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat praised God and appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him as they went out before the army. When they began to worship, God set ambushes against the other armies and they destroyed each other. Second Kings 3, Elisha asked for a harp to play, and as a result, the power of God came upon him to prophesy. First Samuel 16, David's harp soothed the tormenting spirit that plagued Saul. So that's just a few examples, but I tell you, there's a lot more in there where worshipers were in the first line because it's so important, worship and praise. The key is to prepare your heart and prepare your mind with who your God is. Even if you don't know what to say, just allowing yourself to follow the Spirit, open your mouth, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, let out a groan, let out a song, start praying in tongues, any sort of action you need to do to line yourself in the Spirit, do that. Because no one can take that away from you. That was a gift we received through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we might as well use it every day, all the time. We can't be angry. We can't be upset. We can't dwell on sickness. If you've noticed, I've not really talked specifically about sickness because I'm trying to keep the focus on the Holy Spirit and on God. Because when you're in that place of battling, which Carolyn will tell you herself, when she's in that place where her hebogloman is, I said it all the way jacked up, forgive me. When her hebogloman is as low as it lower than humanly possible. Like, I don't think people understand if your hemoglobin is lower than nine, you should basically be dead. She's gotten to as low as a four, two. That's, that's almost medically impossible. And Carolyn waited to the very last second to go to the hospital. She waited for the Lord to tell her to go to the hospital because her first response, put on some praise music, speak in tongues, start worshiping, start ministering, start dwelling on the word of God, asking God how he wants her to address this. Her second thing, texting me or Rhonda or both of us, sending out a prayer text, asking people, agree with me, I'm going through this. That's the second course. Third one, she's, mind you, she's still working. She's still going to church. She's still walking. She's still driving, <laughs> which, you know, hemoglobin messes with your eyesight. So, But she's doing what she needs to, to keep on going. Keep on going. I don't think it's gotten to that point for a very long time, though. So, you know, but it just, in the natural, it doesn't make sense. But we're not natural beings. We're spiritual beings. Even for the world, even for the medical standpoint, what's impossible to medicine is possible for God. It doesn't make any sense for us to think any other way. And it's funny because it's the completely opposite of the world. You, if Carolyn would have went up to her doctor and been like, hey, I'm feeling some of these symptoms, even before it got that low, they probably would have strapped her up, started infusions immediately. There has been times where Carolyn was able to pray through it and not need infusions. It went back up. Am I right? Yeah. Which, again, medically is impossible. It doesn't happen like that. 
but with God, all things are possible. Because she submitted herself, because she's, she is sacrificing the uncomfortability she feels in her body to focus, focus on what God is calling her to do and how the Holy Spirit is ministering to her. That's not easy. When you're in the fight, when you're battling sickness, the first thing you want to do is probably not be like, well, Lord, just help me forget it. Let me distract myself. Let me go do something else. Let me, let's pray. Let us pray. Honestly, I've been sick where it was very uncomfortable. I've had strep before that about took me out. I'm not thinking about praying. I'm not thinking about singing at that point in my life. It's not your natural response. Your natural response is to stop talking, to stop moving, to just barricade yourself. When an animal is sick, they barricade themselves. They don't keep going about their business. That's not the natural way of order. But for us, that's what we have to do. Sometimes your breakthrough comes from pushing yourself out of that limit, pushing yourself out of that comfortable spot. I have, um, which I didn't even get to my next part, but... I went to California for a funeral not too long ago, and her name was Sandy. She was on our prayer list for a very, very, very long time. She was diagnosed with cancer a few years back. It would go away, it would come back. She'd have tumors develop. Eventually, this year, it spread to her bones. Now, in that time, she still was a worshiper. Whenever she was uncomfortable, people from church because she wasn't able to go out. They would come to her, they would play the guitar for her, she would worship. Even at her weakest point where she was literally just skin and bones, you can, we have pictures of her raising her hands. Even if she doesn't know what to say because the cancer is affecting her in a way that she can't communicate anymore, that her brain is shutting down, she's still lifting her hands. She's singing. The only time she really was able to communicate towards the end of it was when worship was playing, now that I'm thinking about it. It was in her DNA. It didn't matter what her body was doing. Her first response is to worship, is to praise, regardless of how she's feeling, regardless of how her body acts. Her natural response is praise, and that's what we want to be. When something happens, our first response wants to be praise God. He's already won the victory. We're already set. You have cancer? No, not, not according to Jesus. You were baptized? You were made new? Well, now you're in Jesus' kingdom. You don't have hereditary issues. You don't have cholesterol issues. You don't have glaucoma because you're not part of that lineage anymore. You're part of... Jesus's lineage and as far as I know Jesus doesn't have any of that stuff that's our first mode that's how we have to be especially in days now and it sounds crazy I used to grow up and I'm so blessed being able to grow up in the church and being around people who really if they knew nothing else about the Bible they were blessed to worship God Everything, you couldn't go within 10 minutes of a conversation without hearing a praise Jesus, bless God, which you guys know some people like that. But as a kid, you know, I'm like, that's lame. I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but but yes, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. But now as an adult, I'm like, man, I want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be that person. I want everything out of my mouth to be like, well, bless God. Thank God. Oh, thank God. And you know, it sounds crazy. People are going to look at you crazy. 
But if I'm healthy, who cares? If I'm wealthy, who cares? I won't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think. And we're at that mode. Winner's Church is full of people that don't care <laughs> about the natural. That's why we're here. That's why we pushed through and found our place here. I kind of skipped around there. So yes, next time you're in the battle, next time you are fighting it out, just open up your mouth. Even without, the, the thing is, you can't really fight just in the bad parts. You have to condition your body. You have to condition your body for your natural reflex to be things of the spirit. And that doesn't come from just praying when there's sickness. It comes from daily communication. It comes from work. And I think as Christians, a lot of times, like, if it's too hard, we kind of lean more to the natural. Like, I've been in that mode where it's been a long day at work. I go home, I have a headache, I'm hitting that Tylenol. When I should be practicing my faith and telling God, you know what, God, my head hurts. Can you just give me some more strength until bedtime? I did that last night, actually. I was kind of proud of myself. Just, you know, brush it off the shoulders. This lesson really brought things to me, too. Uh, but Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So here's some key points. I really finished this way sooner than I anticipated. But hopefully it all made sense and was coherent, because that was my main goal for today. The points here to tie it all back to healing is remember who you are. We are not part of this world. We are part of the lineage of God. Therefore, the sicknesses of this world do not have any allowance to work in our body. We refuse to allow them to work. Because we are children of God, we have full authority over all sicknesses, diseases, and issues of this world. So every day, we are receiving the power and the strength that Jesus Christ had through the Holy Spirit. Every day we're reminding ourselves, I am a child of God, therefore here are my benefits. If you need to type it out, Bill Winston has a great document for you called I Am Scriptures. Definitely look it up. Literally every single day. Another thing that I've seen a lot of people do, affirmations. If the world's doing it, why aren't we doing it? We need to say our Holy Ghost affirmations every single day. Get yourself in the mode of worship. Stir yourself up. Get yourself in a place of peace. Because honestly, sometimes I wake up, I don't want to go to work. I have to pray for peace just to be able to come to work with a happy personality. Because this doesn't happen overnight sometimes. <clears throat> I'm saying, like, come on, guys. Come on. It can't just be me rolls out of bed and literally slept on the wrong side, have a big old lump on the side of my body. And I have a dog that also likes to sleep with me and she hugs the bed, so, you know. Affirmations, that's something the world likes to talk about all the time. Well, let's bring it back to church. They're only doing it because it works because they're using spiritual principles they don't understand. That's why even if they're doing it and they say it's working, they may be letting in a whole slew of things they don't want interacting in their life. Humble yourself before God. Remind yourself 
who he is because you're never going to understand who you are if you don't really look at him as your creator and as your father. It took me a long, not a long time, but when I finally got the revelation of God the Father, my relationship with my parents, so much better because I can see them the way God sees them. Yes, you're my physical parents, but that is my father, and he can take care of me. Even whatever you're lacking in, he's covering for. So I'm lacking in nothing because I have two daddies, natural one and the one up there. You have to start thinking of things in this way, in that intimate way, because God's created you to be part of his family. So if you're having issues with your family, it's okay, because you already got a family. You have a family here, you got a family here. God's enough to encompass every emotional turmoil, every mental fatigue. He has enough power to take care of it all. And Again, sometimes it's easier to lean on the natural people, lean on your friends. But when you start leaning on God first, it's going to change a lot of your dynamics. It's going to make it to where, you know, family hurts your feelings sometimes. They'll say things they probably shouldn't. They say things out of goodness that are actually wrong and not helpful and hurtful. But he will not. Even if he says things that are a little crunchy to you sometimes, it's going to come from a place of love. So you're going to be able to receive it. So remember to humble yourself before God. Bring his word to remembrance and speak it out. Just like how worship is. The thing about worship is Gabe specifically will pick songs that are tied to the word of God. There are worship songs out there that don't, they sound good, but they're not actually doing anything. They're not actually making sense. So when you're listening at worship songs, Pay attention to that, too. Make sure what you're singing is lining up to the word of God. Just like, you know, if you listen to a lot of secular stuff, a lot of rap, things like that, I guarantee you when you're listening to rap like 24-7, a cuss word or two is probably going to come out. We don't want that. But if you're on the opposite side listening to gospel music that's encouraging your soul, that's nourishing you, that's going to be your mindset. You're going to have a different reaction to situations. One's going to cause you to fight, you know, flip a table. The other one's going to let you be peaceful, let you come to things in a calm demeanor. Build your faith. Even if it's slow, even if you don't know how to do that, start simple. We talk about prosperity a lot. Ask for someone to bring you a coffee. If your faith, which I don't think anybody, I feel like most of us here have really kind of exercised their faith a little bit. But if you're at that place where you're like, you know what, I really don't know how faith, I don't, I can't really maintain faith at the level at some other people. Start small. Say, Lord, I'm believing you for a coffee. It sounds crazy. I know Tyler, I know Pastor has prayed over what to eat for lunch. And they've been told by God, I don't care what you eat for lunch, do whatever you want. But just the fact that they're consciously making that effort to talk to God first, that's what we're looking for. That's what's going to build your faith, just keeping the dove, keeping your memory, keeping your mind set on the things of God. Focus on the goodness of God. We can talk about that all night. There's so many scriptures about the goodness of God. And just looking at them like 
it just stirs you up. It makes you feel so full. It makes you feel so comfortable. Just singing before service was a game changer. I mean, I felt way more comfortable being up here after singing a song. So just keep focusing on the goodness of God. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is 3 John 1 through, sorry, 3 John 1, 2 through 8. That's not right. Two. Let's say two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. So our health will come as we're focusing on the things of the spirit. If you're battling a lot with terminal things, not just cold, things like that, autoimmune diseases, cancer, tumor, anything like that, when you start nourishing your soul, you're going to see a change in your results. You're going to start seeing a change in your energy levels. It just comes natural because what is natural to the spirit is opposite to what's natural in the natural. Does that make sense? You, you got me? It, it does make sense. It makes sense. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. But it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Gosh, I feel like pastor when he says you don't know until you know. I'm like, you really don't know until you know. Now it's like we're talking a whole secret language. If people listen to a recording later, they'll be like, what are you talking about? You had to be there, and you weren't, so you missed out. But, yeah, that's pretty much it with my comedic breakstone in there. Does anybody have any questions? I also have some scriptures that I have printed out, so if you guys would like a healing scripture list, if you don't have one that you personally like to look at and go over. Um, this is something that I am jealous about Hilda. She has a whole binder of different events with scriptures under it that she just flips through. Joe, you've probably seen this before, her binder. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. She could print that out and sell it to people. She literally has scriptures for every single thing in a binder. In a binder. It's goals. When I heard that, I'm just like, man, I got to step it up. I can't just be sticky noting it. <laughs> you want one? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Thank you all for coming. <laughs>